This is the Moira Pentecostal Church podcast, providing you with sound biblical teaching. New content will be available every week throughout 2015. We hope you will be encouraged, challenged, and blessed by this ministry. Thank you so much. What a blessing to come together in church. Such a beautiful morning. And lift up the name of Jesus. And just uh, appreciate his fellowship and, and the fellowship with all of, all of you, all of us. It's such a blessing. We are really blessed people. Thank you for the opportunity to come to your church and to serve. Um, I'm just a simple boy from Norway. You know, Norway, 10 points. <laughs> Eight points. <laughs> Sometimes uh, 12 points. It depends. <laughs> but I'm happy that uh, some years ago I uh, was born again. I received a new life. It was... Uh, to me, it was so, so powerful, so, so powerful to, be, to go from being a, just a simple young man to be filled with the Holy Spirit. God gave me his visions, his, his dreams, opened up nations. So by the grace of God, I've been able to preach the gospel in uh, 25 nations. Been to India many times. I'm going to India in October, back again in Assam, in the north of India, going to have a conference for pastors and leaders, teaching them um, to go out and preach the gospel in Assam, north India. Um, let me tell you what happened to me in August this year, because it's so, it blessed my heart and it really opened my mind and um, maybe it can encourage you to really understand what kind of God that we serve. Because we sing nice songs, and we're talking about the mighty God. But when you see, and when you experience his power in front of your eyes, you are changed totally. I can say I'm changed. Because I've seen the miracles of God. For me, it's not the, just... I'm just not singing about him and reading about him. I have seen his miracles in front of my eyes. One month ago, I was in Hungary, East Europe. I had a, a gospel campaign, a tent campaign, in a little village in the south of Hungary, close to the border of Croatia, among the gypsy people. Gypsy people, very poor people. Um, we had a tent campaign of five days. The first evening, they were singing one hour, worshiping God, one hour. And then they said to me, just one more song, and you, will go into, you are going to preach. Just one song, and then you come, take the microphone, give your sermon. And as I was sitting there, waiting for the song to finish, God spoke to my heart. He said, I want you to change change your service, change your sermon, and take another topic, and preach it very clearly. And uh, Jesus said to me, I want you to preach about the last hour. Preach about the last hour, and emphasize that we have come to the last hour. And I took the microphone, I start to preach. And I asked the people, what would you do 
If a doctor came to you and said, you have come to the last hour. What would I say if my doctor came to me and said, my young man, young man, you have come, you have reached the last hour. Think about it. What would you do? What would I do? I think we would make some priorities. What is the most important thing to do when you have come to the last hour of your life? After a short, short service, I asked them, how many of you will say yes to Jesus tonight? And there were about 100 people in the tent. Every single person raised their hands and said, I will give my life to Jesus. Now, after, after the meeting, I think 10, 15 of them, they were saved before. But because of the message, I think they... Whoo, I will, I will receive Jesus. Well, afterwards I, I, I told them, do we have any sick people in this area? And many of them say, yes, pray for me, pray for me. I'm sick. And somebody in the family, they are sick. So pray for us. I say, I will do the same as I do normally out in the mission field. I will make a prayer for all of you all together. And I asked them to take their hands, put upon their body, and I pray in the name of Jesus. And then afterwards, they gave a few testimonies. But then as I asked, if some of you wants to be prayed for individually, you can come forward. <laughs> and all of them, <laughs> all of them made a long line, and they came all of them. In the middle of the line, there was a young mother carrying a young boy. Listen to me now. What God is able to do. A young mother, a young little boy of six in her arms. She came to me and she said, would you please pray for my little boy? He's blind. His left eye, he cannot see with his left eye. He's blind. Could you pray for him? I said, yes. And I took the little boy in my arms. And as I was really praying for him. I felt the love of God come up in my heart. Filled my heart with the love of God. And I asked in the name of Jesus, let this eye become open now. And I gave him over to his mother. And what happened? As soon as the mother received the boy, she looked at him. And her eye, her face became Totally changed. She fell down on her knees. He can see. He can see. And there was the, the pastor, the organizer of the campaign. He was a doctor. And he came. Let me, let me examine this little boy. And he said, I can confirm. He can see. You know, all the people in the, in the, in, in the village, they, they knew him. So they came running, rushing to see the little boy. And then... The mother said to me, I want you to know, my little boy was born without the left eye. You get me? He didn't have any eye. He just had a simple small opening and there was no eye. There was no eye inside. Just the empty, empty space. 
And now he has an eye. He was able to see. I was shocked. God created a new eye in the face of the little boy. And, uh, and many of the people say, we, say we can confirm it's, it's correct, it's right. And the mayor of the city asked us to come out for lunch next day. And the mayor said, I know the family very well. I have taken them to the hospital in Budapest many times for um, examination surveys, etc. But he has been too young to be operated. We say operated. He has been too young. Uh, but God gave him a new eye. Unbelievable. Hallelujah. So the God that we serve is a God with no limits. Unlimited. And he is the same here this morning. This is not a ni- just only a nice service. <laughs> Jesus is here together with us. And all things are possible also in your life. All things are possible. The Bible tells us God so loved the world and he sent his only begotten son that whosoever believe in him will not perish, shall not perish, but have eternal life, everlasting life. But the Bible also tells us when Jesus died on the cross, you and I were in him united with him in his death on the cross. And you and I as believers, we need to understand what the meaning, what is the meaning of us being united, identified uh, in him. It's very powerful. The book of Ephesians, the book of Colossians explains very specific how, what it means to be in him. Because I, you, were there in him when he died on the cross. We were there. When he was buried, you and I, we were buried together with him. Died with him, buried with him. When they laid him in the the grave, you and I were laid in the grave because we were in him. And then on the third day, when he rose again, you and I rose again. Because we were in him. He conquered the enemy. And we were united with him in his victory. We were united in Jesus. When he died. When he died. When he said, it is finished. So when I pray for people now, I don't just ask God, God, would you please heal this person? No. I remind the Lord, I remind the powers and the principalities that you are beaten on the cross when Jesus died on the cross. He took your sin, he took your sicknesses. Jesus took your sicknesses. By his stripes, you are healed. We claim the healing. Blind eyes open. Why? Because Jesus took the sicknesses on the cross. Amen. Hallelujah. And the Bible tells he rose again on the third day because death was not able to hold him. There is resurrection. He came back to life. Why? Because death was not able to hold him. 
He was more powerful than death. So he came back to life. And he, he arose. And he went back to the father. And he was sitting. He sat down on the father's right hand. And you and I, when he ascended, you and I were with Jesus in him. So you and I are seated far above any powers, any principalities, any might of the devil. You are seated in the heavenly places to rule. Amen. That's the book of Ephesians and Colossians. Well, that was only my introduction. <laughs> Hallelujah. Good morning. Good to be with you. Well, let us continue. This is just a mission inspiration. Uh, I don't know how long time you are preaching. Normally, you know, I'm in half, half African. So in Africa, we preach one, two, three hours. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, uh, Luke chapter 4, verse 18, and well-known verse, verse, Jesus came into the synagogue in Nazareth and proclaimed his ministry, saying, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me. He has sent me out to preach the gospel for the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, uh, open the eyes of the blind, make the lame legs to move, etc. This was the introduction of the ministry of Jesus. And when he left this world, he said, I give you the same in fact, he gave us the same ministry. We are in the same. We continue the ministry of Jesus when we travel to the nations. We continue in the same way as he, as he did it with the same kind of ministry. Uh, preaching to the unraised people is a blessing to preach to unraised people. And it is a blessing to teach him and to inspire uh, the people in the nations. Last weekend... Just one week ago, I had a conference in Egypt. I had, it was the sixth time for me to come to Egypt. And we have a class of um, Christians, believers, teaching them, inspiring them to go out and preach the gospel in Egypt. Five times before, and now I came as the sixth time, uh, 70 people gathered together uh, close to the Red Sea. We had a conference, uh, four days. And then on Friday, last Friday, the people start to ask me, could you give a, just a simple, simple teaching about water baptism? It was not my subject. I was teaching about mission, inspiration. <laughs> but could you give a, just a simple uh, uh, teaching about what, is Bob, uh, what, is, what, what does the Bible tell us about water baptism? And I said, okay, I can do that. I gave them a short introduction to water baptism. And then we went outside. We had a little break in the afternoon. Went to the Red Sea for, for uh, just uh, swimming and relaxing. And then we went out in the sea. Very hot water. <laughs> really hot. It was almost 40 degrees in the air. And out in the water, very hot. And we went out in the water, made a big, big circle, and start to worship Jesus out in the Red Sea. Many people at the beach, we were there out in the sea, worshiping Jesus. And um, then we asked the people, do you want to be baptized? How many want to be baptized? 28 of the 70 people, they wanted to be baptized. We baptized them in the Red Sea, hot water. 
Red Sea. Hallelujah. And then when we had baptized 28 persons, four young boys were watching us. And they came to us and they said, please, we want to receive Jesus. Could you pray, please pray for us? Yes, we pray for them, and then we baptize them also in the water. 32 people all together baptized last Friday afternoon. Hallelujah. Now we have, we have sent them home to go and preach the gospel around in Egypt. And the Pentecostal movement of Egypt, they are among 250 to 300 churches, are now asking us, could you come, please come and do the same kind of uh, conferences for the pastors and the leadership of the Pentecostal movement in Egypt. It's a blessing. A big, big open door. So next year, we will go back to Egypt and arrange the first mission conference, teaching, preaching about mission, how to go out and the importance to go out. And the last hour, we live in the last hour spiritually. So we need to understand we need to make some priorities. You know, too many churches are only concerned about themselves. Meeting, meeting, meeting every Sunday, Sunday after Sunday. Hallelujah. Nice to see you. God bless you. And we sing our nice songs. And then we go home. See you next Sunday. Hallelujah. Come back next Sunday again and again. It's very important to have a nice church. It's very important to come together in church. But the church should be a power station. The church should be like a mission center. Because as soon as we are born again, we are born into mission. You are missionaries, all of you. Not only RTU ministry. It's a blessing to be together with RTU ministry. But all of us. As soon as you are born again, you are a missionary. There's only two kinds of people in this world. Mission field. If you don't know the Lord as your Savior, you are a mission field. As soon as you are born again, you are a missionary to the mission field. <laughs> Very simple. Very simple. Let me show you the five mission commandments. Jesus gave us, he gave us five mission commandments, at least the main five. And um, the first one is simply this, Luke 24, verse 48. Jesus said to his disciples, on the, on the day of resurrection, on the resurrection day, he met two of his disciples on the way to, what do you say, Emmaus? And then, in the afternoon, and then he said to them, after his conversation with them, he started to explain them about what, uh, what had happened in the, in the city of, of uh, Jerusalem uh, in the Easter time. And then he said it was necessary for the Christ to die uh, because of the sins of the people, etc. And then he said, this gospel must be preached out in the nations. If you read uh, uh, 24 and from 40, etc. Uh, and then he says to his disciples, and he says the same to you and me today. You are my witnesses. That is the first mission commandment the Lord gave to us. You are my witnesses. As soon as we are born again, we become a witness for him. We are witnesses with our lives the way we behave, the way we communicate with people, 
we are his witnesses. That's the first step for all of us. As soon as we are born again, you become a witness. For Jesus, you are my witnesses. And then he says in, in the gospel of Mark 16, as we all know, Mark 16 from verse 15, Jesus said, go out, go out. Not go to your church. Of course you go to your church. But here he says, go out and preach the gospel to the people outside. Go out in all the world and preach the gospel to the people outside, the unreached people. Did you know that in the world today, they say we have about 24 different people groups, ethnic people groups, about 24,000. Still today, after 2,000 years, between four and 6,000 different people groups are not yet reached with the gospel. After 2,000 years. This is our job. This is our calling to go to the nations and preach the gospel to the last unreached people of the world. Amen? Go out in all the world and preach the gospel. Meaning we have to preach. Preaching means we have to announce the good news to the people outside the church. And then in Matthew 28, Jesus says, go out and make disciples of all nations. Meaning, when you have reached the people outside your church, invite them to your church and start the teaching. Start the making of disciples. Preaching and teaching. Preaching outside church, teaching, making disciples inside the church. That's our calling. The combination. But too many churches, especially in Norway and many places in Europe, they are only preaching, using only one leg. Preaching, preaching all the time. Inside the church. They don't go out and preach the gospel. They preach it to the same people Sunday after Sunday, week after week. But Jesus said, go out and preach the gospel. Go out and spread the good news to your neighbors, to your family, etc. In the area. And then Mark, and then Matthew 28, go and make disciples. We are making disciples in the church and taking them out of the church and they preach the gospel outside the church. A good combination, preaching and teaching. Uh, and then also in John, uh, in John chapter, chapter 20, verse 21, very interesting verse, because the, Jesus, when he died and came back again on the resurrection day, the Bible tells he met with his disciples they were gathered together on the upper room, praying together. And Jesus came suddenly in the room. And then he said to them, peace be with you. The day of resurrection, he came back again from the death. The living Christ was there together with them. He said, peace be with you. And then he says something very, very interesting. Because first he said, as the Father has sent me, I am now sending you. To be a Christian means to be sent to the world. Amen? As the Father sent me to the world, I am now sending you as my representatives. We are in the ministry of reconciliation. So we are sent to the world the same way as he was sent. He compares his sending from the Father the way he's now sending us to the world. 
And then he says something very interesting. If you forgive the sins of any, they will be forgiven. If you, if you forgive the sins of any, they will be forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they will be retained. What is that? What does it mean to be a Christian? To be a Christian means to forgive the sins of the people. That's what the Bible tells us. But how can we forgive the sins of the people? Jesus says, if you, you know, many times we pray, Jesus, Lord, save this one and save that family and save, save this man and save this lady. But Jesus says, if you forgive the sins of the people, they will be forgiven. If you retain the sins of the people, they will not be forgiven. What is this? What does it mean to be a Christian? It means to forgive the sins. How can we forgive the sins of the people? How? Well, when we preach the gospel, when we bring the word of reconciliation, when we give them the good news, you are forgiven. They can receive it in their hearts. And they can be born again, the same way as you and I. We heard the message, believed it, received it, and we're born again. So, to be a Christian means we are sent to the world as the representatives of Jesus in the ministry of reconciliation. Amen. Very interesting. Very interesting. And then in the book of Acts, of course, Acts chapter 1, verse 8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses. So we are witnesses, and now we are giving the power, given the power to become really witnesses. You are my witnesses. You will receive power when the Holy Ghost come upon you, and you will be my, be my witnesses in Jerusalem, your home place, the whole Judea and Samaria, your district, even to the ends of the world. You are my witnesses. Amen. Witnesses for the Lord. Witnesses for him. Romans 1.16. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. <laughs> for it is the power of God for salvation. For everyone who believes. The gospel is the power. And we are sent to bring the gospel. And when we bring the gospel. We bring the power. For the people to receive. And be born again. Into a new life. Amen. Really interesting, really interesting. God's power. Uh, one more story. My wife and, and I, we went to Egypt in, in the month of February this year. Just to underline, just to remind you about the power of Jesus. We went to Egypt. We had a conference. Uh, the first evening after my service day, we had a... a a tea break outside the building, and they came with a young boy again, or four, and um, they said to us, could you please pray, pray for him, because his, his nose, he's not able to breathe. He's tight, you say tight in his nose? So his, his nostrils, they are not open, so not, he's not able to, to breathe. It's very uh, difficult for him, especially by night when he, he's supposed to sleep because he's snoring and not able to, to use his, his, his nose when, we, when he breathes. 
So they ask us, could you please pray for him? Yes, we said, yes, we will pray for him. We bowed down, we prayed for him in the name of Jesus. Let this nose become normal. Open up in Jesus' name. And then uh, we said goodbye and they went home. Next day, uh, because this was his aunt. You say aunt? His, his aunt bringing the young boy to us. Next morning, the young boy came again together with his mother. And the mother said, smiling, can I give a testimony? Yes, of course, come and give a testimony. And the mother said, I will tell you what happened yesterday when my young boy came home. And um, when he was supposed to go to bed, normally he washes his hand, he brushes his teeth, and then he go to bed after, after the meal. But yesterday, when he was supposed to wash his hands, he refused. He said, no, no, mama, I will not wash my hands. And the mother said, my little boy, you always wash your hands. What's the problem? No. No. He would not wash his hands. And the mother asked again, why? What's the problem? Why do you not want to wash your hands? And then the boy said, you know, yesterday, as they prayed for me, I saw Jesus in my hand. So I will not wash away Jesus. And the parents, they, they, they were very surprised. His father was a little bit religious. He didn't want to come to our conference because he thought these charismatic people, they are too heavy for, for me. So he kept, uh, <laughs> he was at home <laughs> when his mother <laughs> went to the conference. Um, but he was the main police officer in Aswan, Egypt. Big man. <laughs> So um, the parents said to themselves, maybe we have to watch him as he's sleeping. And they took him to the bed, and he's, he slept in his bed. And the two parents were watching him until the morning. And he was totally, totally healed. Able to breathe normally. Totally healed. So he and she was so happy. So they asked us to come to their home in the evening. Could you please come and visit our home? We want to, 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 to serve some tea just to appreciate what's happened. And we said, of course, we are just simple people, but Jesus, Jesus healed your boy. We went to the home, and, uh, and the family was uh, there. And uh, I asked the father, the big policeman, do you know Jesus as your personal Savior? Mm, I was not sure. You can become a Christian here and now. Do you want to receive Jesus? He said, yes. <laughs> okay. I prayed for him. I let him in the salvation prayer, and he received Jesus on the floor in his home. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> he was so happy. And the next day when we went home, he came to the airport. And smiling, he said, I want, uh, you know, he was not able to speak English. So he just, uh, smiling, and he, uh, and then he, he went to the disc, uh, what do you call it, and both bought tea and coffee for us, and they brought coffee and tea for us. And he just said, well, help yourself. Well, he didn't say help yourself, but he said help yourself anyway. And, and then we had cup of coffee and tea, and then at the gate, he came once again at the gate. Oh, he was so happy. Ooh, 
He took our hands once again. His son was healed. We serve a mighty God. Oh, I wish we had time, Pastor. I could tell you stories after stories for one week about what God is doing. But he's the same here today. He's the same here this morning. So we are going to pray, pray to, to pray to God, the living God, in the name of Jesus. And something will happen in this building this morning. If you are sick, <laughs> this is your day for healing. If you have problems in your family, in your life, this is your day for a change in the situation. Because we serve a mighty God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We serve a mighty God. How long time do we, do we have? F five minutes? Five minutes? <laughs> um, hallelujah. It's really powerful to serve the living God. It's really powerful. It's really powerful. We all know uh, what, what Jesus said in the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew 28, 24. Uh, when he came together with his disciples, short time before he left this world, Jesus was together with his disciples on a mount called Olive. And they, um, he, was talking, he was talking about the end time, what will happen in the end time. Uh, and Jesus said, there will be many signs, signs of... Uh, you will hear about earthquakes, famine, waves, sea waves, etc., etc. Many, many signs. But the disciples of Jesus asked him, what will be the sign of your coming? Because Jesus said, I will go back to my father and then I will come back. I will come back to this world. Jesus will come back one day, but he will not come, come back before we have done our job. Before the mission has been completed. Because Jesus said, uh, there will be many signs. And he explained about the signs. But the disciples asked, what will be the sign? The, the single sign. The most important sign. And then we know what, what he said. Verse 14. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached as a witness to all the nations. And then... The end will come. The end will not come. Jesus will not come back to this earth before we have done our job. And what is our job? It is to go out and bring out the good news to all the people groups in this world. Then the end will come. When there are a witness about Jesus in every tribe, every song, every different people group, then the end will come, not before. So we have a job to do. I used to say that in the world today, we have many human rights. Many, many human rights. United Nations, they have put up many important human rights. But what is the most important human right in the world today? What's the most important human right? It is to be a child of God. And it and the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 12, says, All who received him, to them he gave the power, to them he gave the right to become a child of God. Everybody who received Jesus. But how can they receive him if nobody goes out and tell them? 
Somebody must go and tell them. That's why it's so important for us as a church, as single believers, we need to understand the importance of our time. We live in the last hour. The last hour has come. You know, when I was uh, a young boy back home in Norway, <laughs> I didn't realize anything about the time. For me, time was a long, long, never-ending line. As soon as I was born again and start to read the Bible, I realized time is more like a circle. There is a beginning, a time frame, and the end. And the older you get, the faster the time goes. I think all of us, a little bit... 50, 60, 70, we know very well time is running too fast, very fast. As a young boy, I thought, oh, it's a long, long, never-ending line. Now I understand and realize time is more like a circle. And we live in the last hour. One hour, 60 minutes. One minute, 60 seconds. John wrote this verse 2,000 years ago. What's the time today? What is the time today? We need to realize we live in the last minutes. Last minutes. Jesus introduced the acceptable year of the Lord in the synagogue in Nazareth. Introduced the acceptable year of the Lord. And still we live in the acceptable year of the Lord. But as far as I understand the Bible, we have come to the end of the end time. And we need to do and make some priorities in personal life and church life. I'm happy that you are busy with mission. And I really encourage you to continue being missionaries, mission church, because the world needs the message about Jesus. Amen? Amen. Well... Maybe we have come to the end of the service. <laughs> I'd like to pray for you. I know a simple prayer can do miracles because of the name of Jesus. Only because of the name of Jesus. He has given a name above any other names. The most powerful name in the universe, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. He has not changed. He is 100% in power today, here, now. All things are possible for those who believe. And we are believers, all of us. Let us stand to our feet. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that you are the Savior of the world. Thank you, Lord, that when you died on the cross, you took all the sin, but you also took all the sicknesses. All the sicknesses, by your stripes, we were healed. Because you died on the cross and you gave your life as a living sacrifice, we can receive eternal life and be forgiven. Thank you, Lord, for all these beautiful people here this morning in the church. I bless them. You know everybody because you are the real father of each one of us. You are the creator. 
thank you, Lord, that you know the hearts, you know the situation, you know the families, you know the marriage, you know every situation. And every single person, I bless them now in your name, Jesus. In your name. And now we are going to pray for them. And when we pray, thank you, Lord, that you will be present. You are not far away. You are here in the midst of us. And we ask you, Lord, to stretch out your hands and do miracles among us. Open blind eyes. Open deaf ears. Make the lame legs to move. Heal the brokenhearted. Let heartaches disappear. Let pain in the body disappear. Because you have already provided everything for us. When you died on the cross, you shouted out, it is finished. It is already prepared. It is already served. The solution is Jesus Christ and his power. Thank you, Lord, for the cross. Thank you for the blood. Thank you for the willingness to humble yourself and step down to our earth and even become the son of man. The Son of God became the Son of Man. You humble yourself. But because you humble yourself, all things are possible today for us. And we believe it. And we proclaim it in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let me ask you. I think, I guess all of you are saved. And, but let me just ask anyway. If you are here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, let me see your hand. This is your day for salvation. Hallelujah. For salvation. Ask the Lord to come into your heart and become your Savior. But I guess you are all saved. You are church people. But do we have any sick people here this morning? You need, a, you need healing because you are sick. In your, in your body, you want to be prayed for. Do we have any? Do we have any? We have some people here. Maybe you come forward. Is, is that okay? You come forward and stand here in the front and let us pray. Let us pray. Come, come, come. Come and stand here in the front uh, and we will pray because we have seen, we have seen the promised land. We say like Martin Luther King, we have seen the promised land. Amen. We have seen the power of the mighty God. And we believe he is here this morning in his love, in his compassion, in his power, in his ability, in his willingness. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I don't think you need to explain for me your problem. I think I just, just lay my hand on you in the name of Jesus. And the power of God, the power of the Holy Spirit, the healing of Jesus Christ will touch you. And we will believe together with you. We stand together with you in your situation. United in your situation as we pray for you. Let us all enter into a prayer attitude. We pray together, all of us, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that you are here mighty in power this morning. Hallelujah.
Thank you for listening to this podcast. You can also watch the Sermon of the Month video at youtube.com forward slash Moira Pentecostal or download the sermon video through our iTunes video podcast. For more information, visit us at www.mpc.org.uk. Thank you.